What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and here with me on the other end of the line is my co-host, Curtis. And uh, after taking a big step in the right direction with last Tuesday's Top 40 RPI home victory over Florida, any hope of, of some sort of budding momentum was was clearly dashed with an ugly road loss to Mississippi State on Saturday night. And, Curtis, this was a game. I mean, I, I know you watched it. Everybody out there, I'm sure you guys all watched it. It was a game in which we never led. Uh, we trailed by double digits. This is crazy. I, I, now I put this stat together on my own, so somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but going back and looking at the play-by-play, we trailed by double digits for 33 of the 40 minutes of this game. It's crazy. 33 of the 40 minutes we trailed by double digits. Within th- seven minutes of the first half, we were down double digits and never got back in the game. So after having one show, at least, hey, it was one show to talk about something positive, Following that victory over Florida, today, here we are, back to doing what we have been forced into doing just about every week over the past month here, which is breaking down yet another disappointing loss for the Georgia basketball team. And guys, trust me when I say that Curtis and I, and Curtis, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you're probably with me here. We are getting tired of having to do these types of shows, right? I mean, especially the way we lost, that's the, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not fun. It's not fun to talk about us not playing well. Trust me. We, we do not enjoy it. But unfortunately, we can only work with what the team is giving us. And this is just what the team is giving us right now. So we'll, we'll get into that here momentarily. But before we get into what went wrong Saturday in Starkville, just want to throw out a couple quick reminders. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Glory underscore UGA. Love to hear your thoughts on uh, everything going down. I know when, when the basketball team is playing like this, which is pretty much par for the course, you know, it Especially in year nine of the Mark Fox tenure, a lot of people are frustrated, so do not be shy. Let us know what you're feeling and what you're thinking about the team right now, where you are with this program. I would love to hear that. Uh, also want to make sure everyone knows you can find us on a bunch of different platforms out there. You can find us, of course, first and foremost on dollarsportsradio.com. You can download the Dollar Sports Radio app straight to your smartphone. You can also check us out on, on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. If that's a little easier for you guys to, to get to, you can also find us on the Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well. If you get a chance, it'll also be awesome if you can rate and review the show, especially you listeners on, on iTunes. It's probably easiest to, to uh, rate and review on iTunes. I think you can on some of the other ones as well. Share the show. Help us spread the word. We uh, would definitely appreciate that. We do all already appreciate everyone who's taking time to do that. So thank you uh, in advance for helping us out there. And also, just a quick note here. Uh, this week, instead of having our Football Friday show like we've had going on for the past couple of weeks here, we're going to move the football, the weekly football show up a, one day this week to accommodate for National Signing Day. Wednesday, obviously, is the February National Signing Day, uh, the old school signing day. And we figured that all of our listeners, or most of you guys out there, would probably want to hear some thoughts on how we close out the 2018 cycle on Thursday. So we're going to make that happen for everyone. We should move it up from one day from Friday to Thursday so we can cover National Signing Day in a timely manner. So make sure to be looking out for that show on Thursday this week. All right, Kurt. Uh, I guess let's get into some basketball talk, man. Uh, it was ugly. Yeah, that's it, it just was. It was flat out ugly in Starkville. Like I said, we were out of this game almost as soon as it tipped off, trailing by double digits for 33 of the 40 minutes in this contest. There seems to be an issue almost every game, uh, except, uh, I guess uh, except for the exception there with Florida. What was the issue this time around after now dropping to 2-6 and six on the season in true road games? What went wrong this time? 
to me, there's two things that really stood out to us. Is honestly, we played poor defense, and then the other thing is um, how bad we were in the rebounding margin. Yeah, I think those are the two. Those are the two highlights there, I guess, or lowlights, I suppose, is what we'd call them here. And honestly, for me, this game, okay, offense was bad as usual. But yeah. I've come to accept that. But yeah, like we said, the defense has only been the one that keeps us in. Right, and that's what we've that's what we've been saying over the past month or so here. Now that the football season's been over, and we've kind of been covering the basketball team a little bit more. We've been on this idea that like the the way we play defense, game in and game out, is what always gives us a chance. It's what puts us in position to blow leads. Like we get these leads against teams early in games, and then we find a way to blow them down the stretch. Well, the defense is what gives us an opportunity to, to even have those leads and have a chance to win. Because really, we and we talked about this last week, we haven't really been getting blown out in games. We've, all, we've been in just about every game we've lost. But that simply was not the case Saturday night against Mississippi State. It, it was kind of the, the, the reverse of what we've seen all year long. I mean, yes, the offense was bad. It wasn't the offense. I guess it wasn't the complete reverse. So the offense wasn't didn't all, all of a sudden, I guess, start – uh, draining threes all over the place. Although we, we did actually shoot pretty well from distance, which is everything else that we were terrible at. But it was the defense and the rebounding, two things that we've kind of leaned on, two pillars that we've leaned on all season long that completely let us down. How do you explain that, Curry? Is it just one of these like momentary, like, hey, we're on the road, it's a long way from home, we're playing in Starkville, this place kind of sucks. Is it one of those things, or is this symptomatic of maybe a larger issue down the road? I honestly think it's a larger issue because the one thing I noticed more than anything was it – you you literally talked about it in our last I think it was our last show or last week where you said that um, even though we were losing the one thing about this team was that they were still playing hard they were still hustling it wasn't right. because of effort but and, that, I, and I sound like an idiot don't I after that <laughs> that's why I always said I wasn't gonna get ahead of myself yeah. but that, I mean that really was the thing that stuck out to me the most and it really seemed like that team quit I mean especially in the second half when Mark Fox was calling those timeouts it looked like he had no he had lost the huddle. There were some very odd facial expressions and looks from some of the guys on the team, including Yante Mate when he was sitting there on the bench talking to them after he, after he pulled him out of the game. There were some kind of like like what the you know kind of looks on their face, like it was it was odd. I mean, I don't really know how to describe. It. Did you catch some of that? Yeah, especially the one on Yante. I mean, it's almost like it's like it's one of those where it just, it just was not a look that you usually get from your your cap. He's more or less your captain of the team, and that's not a look. It wasn't a look that, that would indicate he was buying into what was being said. Exactly, it's it was almost a dismissive type look. It's, it's like you have like it's like when you have a child you're trying to you know tell them what to do and they're just listening to you like yeah yeah whatever. Like, okay yeah yeah just all right go ahead and say what you're gonna say say what you're gonna say but you're not actually listening right. Completely yeah, that's dismissive. what it seemed like. It's it's like it's like whatever. Like Yante was just they were having none of it, and that's what I noticed. I mean, it's like the, it's it's like the team quit out there. There was just no effort, and I think that went into what happened on the the rebounding because usually we're pretty good in rebounding, but there was just no effort on the boards. Yeah, well, that, I think that's one of the pillars of this team. Is I, I think we do a really good job game, pretty much game in game out, with the exception of this passing against Mississippi State of playing good defense, forcing teams to work for what they get, and rebounding the basketball. Especially and like just, offensive we didn't. rebounding. We didn't get our first offensive rebound until well into the second half. They killed us on the offensive boards. They doubled us up on the offensive boards. They got 13 second-chance points off those. And in the margin of victory, is 15 points. So I, I mean, think about it. In the second half, we came out for, I think it's like the first five to ten minutes shooting 50%, and we gained nothing in the lead. They out-rebounded us by 17, all right? 37 to 20 was the rebounding margin in this game. Like, it, we, again, just like the score wasn't even close, the rebounding margin was, was not even the same stratosphere. Like 37 to 20. Now, I know part of that was, okay, they play a small lineup, so we kind of adjusted our lineup to a degree, didn't play with the two bigs 
for a bunch of the, for a lot of the game. You know, Bay they only play like ten minutes. Edwards played like twelve minutes. So and there's a little bit of a differential there. But still, they had small guys in the court too. They play like essentially a four guard type lineup, at least a three guard lineup for most of the game. They have small guys in the court. They were able to rebound. Our guys couldn't. And I think a lot of that, you're right, does come down to effort and want to. Uh, and rebounding a lot of the time comes down to effort and wants. I think it's one of the reasons why we rebound so well most of the time is because our guys play hard. And you're exactly right, girl. I, you know, watching that game, I kind of felt like an idiot. I was like, wow, I just got done giving props to Mark Fox for getting his team to play hard night in, night out. And here they are, the very next game. I, and I, I don't know if I want to use the, the Q word. I don't want to say they quit on him, but the effort was clearly not there. And I don't know what the reason for that is. It's hard to get into that because I'm not with that team. It's, it's strange because you come off a big home win against Florida. You would think your guys would be kind of energized, right, after that win. But we saw the exact opposite. They were drained. There, maybe it was just – maybe it was exhaustion. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was the trip getting to Mississippi State. But the effort was not there like it is almost every other night out. And I will stand by what I said. I, mean, I think Mississippi, the game against Mississippi State on Saturday was an exception. Other than that, we play hard just about every single night. But we did not on Saturday. So you think that is more of, of a sign of things to come? Actually, you want to say yes, because the fact of the matter is, like you said, we came off a huge win off, uh, you know, beating Florida at home. You think we would have some momentum um, trying to get back into the race I and mean, try, uh, trying to at least, you're on your way to at least trying to get to 500 in SEC play. That's where you got to start with. Yeah. And you, you would think that they'd come out excited or something. And they literally, I have not, I mean, that's about as flat as you can play after a big win like this. Like I said, not even, not, yeah, not even in the, not even in the game, like basically from tip off. After a big home win, a huge win that got us back in the conversation. I mean, Joe Lenardi had us as his second team out of the tournament coming into this game. He actually said earlier in the day on Saturday, if we won that game, he was putting us in the tournament. Now, that's not a, a hard and fast rule because he, he gets it right most of the time, not all the time. But he had us in the tournament if we had beat Mississippi State. And our guys couldn't be motivated enough to actually go out there and put forth any sort of effort whatsoever. I mean, it's just it, – but that's it's become part and parcel of Georgia basketball, is it not? It is. I mean, can we we cannot build any momentum as a program. Like from game to game, we cannot follow a big up, win with anything. It's the ups and downs, and I, yeah, that's what kills us. I mean, like when's we'll the last time win. we strung a couple games together? Like we have some good wins. Like we had the good win, a really good win against the top fifteen St. Mary's team right now. The rankings don't really matter. Uh, get a, a a big win against Alabama, who's a, a top twenty five RPI win. team, huh? You got to win against Marquette. Yeah, on the road at Marquette. So we in now Florida. We we had five top fifty wins. We have good wins. That's not the problem. Is that we can't string anything together. We get one good win, and then we have a game like we had on Saturday against Mississippi State, where it's like, wow, was this the thing that got me? Those it looks like. Um... Florida's playing just that bad again. Florida's that not playing right now because they they got blown out at home by Alabama. They scored yeah, Florida scored seven like that and that kind of put a little damper on our victory over Florida. Florida scored seventeen points in the second half against Alabama. Got blown and they were up they were up by a decent margin in the first half. Scored seventeen points second half and Alabama ran away with that one in Gainesville. Um, so that that definitely did some damage to that to that victory for us. But still, still, it's still a top five, a top fifty no, it's RPI it's win. Still a better win than some of our wins. But I think that also may have showed that maybe we got ahead of ourselves sure. last week too. Yeah, and that's one thing we were talking about. You know, and last week the the recap show last week uh, talking about the Florida game is okay. Well, we had a game where Yante Maton was complimented by Jawan Parker. And Turtle Jackson, they they combined the threesome combined for thirty eight points, it was, and that, that was the question I posed you. Like, is this something that that we can expect to kind of continue? Is this a trend? You know, this is Turtle Jackson had scored double digit points in two out of three games. 
is this something that we can kind of count on him kind of building off of? And, you know, Juwan Parker had four straight games in double digits. Could he kind of continue that trend? And uh, you were not completely buying into that, right? No. And that's why. Yeah, and you turned out to be prophetic there because the the three guys, after combining for 38 points against Florida, combined for 21 on the road against Mississippi State. Uh, Yonsei didn't have a great night. Uh, 13 points, I think seven boards again, but only 13 points. But again, like, do you put how much of that do you put on Yante? I mean, what can you do when he's getting double teamed every, every time? time. And not even just double and triple. I mean, at minimum, double teamed. As soon as he touches the basketball, and he's got to throw up quick shots. That we've been talking about this all year. He's got, he's forced to throw up quick shots to get any shot off. I will say one thing he needs to work on is when he, when he does get doubled and tripled like that, he's got to keep his composure and get the ball out to shooters. Now, now will our guys knock them down? Probably not. Probably not. But he sometimes panics and turns the ball over. Uh, when they crash on him like that, he's got to do a better job of keeping his eyes up, keeping his composure, and getting the ball to somebody who's maybe a, who's cutting the basket. And guys got to cut to the basket, which is not something that we always do. Trying to find those shooters, but again, like, like in terms of scoring, what is he supposed to do? I mean, honestly, what is the man supposed to do? I mean, it, it, maybe the most damning statistic of the night. Uh, if you take those three guys who kind of kind of carried us against Florida on Tuesday night, Yante Turtle and Jawan Parker. Did you catch how many field goals they combined for in the first half? No. Zero. Zero field goals in the first half. A couple free throws here and there, but zero field goals in the first half. And there's just no way we're going to win games when that's the case. When when that's a statistic in a game in the first half, how are we going to win them? How are we going to win? We, we're just not. We do not have the personnel outside of those guys to do anything. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we have the personnel with those guys. I mean, Yante's a beast, but I mean, Turtle's... Man, I was I was trying I was trying to give him some props after after beating him down for a couple of weeks in a row when he was playing so poorly. And I want to give him some props and and kind of give him a, a round of applause there for playing well against Florida, two out of three games. But he just kind of reverted back to what he's been pretty much all the conference play. It was just it was bad. And we had another scoring drought, right? So again, par for the course as basketball team. Zero field goals. We had two uh, two uh, free throws, but zero field goals over the last five minutes of the first half, which allowed Mississippi State to extend the lead to 17, or was it 16 at halftime, uh, which is essentially insurmountable for us. I mean, are, 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 how many times, I mean, how much confidence do you have in us overcoming a 16-point halftime deficit? Not at all. And I mean, it's, with, with our offense? is that? Are you serious? We'd be lucky to score 16 points and a half sometimes. And, and what kills me, though, is, I mean, you saw the effort there. Or, or, I mean, you saw some kids stepping up, but it was just like you saw Pop Yada come in and be 4-4 four four from threes. Yeah. I mean, we, we can only ask for so much. I mean, we got to get more from our from our starters, like you said, with Turtle and Jawan and people like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, 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 uh, we talk about the defense. The defense was bad. I mean, it's, in my opinion, the defense was uh, as bad as it's been all year long. Uh, I believe it was the worst defensive performance of the season. They, we let them shoot 51% from the field. They had 20 paint points in the first half. They dominated the paint because they were getting to the rim with almost uh, no resistance at times. And partly maybe that was because we weren't. We, some of our bigs were off the court. But still, they got to the, the dribble penetration. We could not stop. They got to the rim. Did you notice this? I mean, they got to the rim anytime they wanted and were finishing at the rim. Whereas we have nobody. They had multiple guys that could break us down off the dribble. We have no one right now that can consistently break down anyone off the dribble. And that's a huge part of the problem offensively. When we need an easy bucket, when you know, when the team's going to run and you just need to stop the bleeding, you just need to get a bucket, you need someone that can get to the rim, get an easy score, we do not have that guy. Do we? No. 
We just don't. We, I mean, I wish we did. We do not have that guy. Well, it's, and what's interesting is, I mean, of the point guards we had, Hightower was decent at it, but he's just not even playing. Yeah, I, what, what's, what's going on there? I, I mean, is, is it an injury? Uh, is, is, is it a suspension? I mean, it's not, if it's, you know, we got Jordan Harris who's, in de- who's suspended indefinitely. They announced that, but I don't know what's going on with Hightower. Hightower's starting for a couple games. He goes from starting to essentially, he's not playing. And, maybe, and there probably is an explanation, but. He hasn't played in what, almost three straight games? It's now. at least three games now. It's at least three games. They're starting for a couple of games. So I. And in one of the games, it looked like he was kind of in street clothes. But I, it's hard to tell me he's in sweats. So is that just him in sweats? You know, dressing out for the game, that's how he's dressed out? Or is it because he's not playing? You know, sometimes he's got guys on the bench, they're wearing sweats. It's hard to tell. I don't know. But he's gone from he's gone from starting to playing nothing at all. And I know he's not he's not going to be the answer, right? He's still young. He, he doesn't shoot the ball well right now. But he's one guy that we have that I think does a really good job, or does a better job than anyone else on the team getting to the rim when we need an easy bucket. He's shown the ability to do that. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Let's let's and since you brought that, let's talk about personnel for a second. You mentioned Jada Pop Jada a second ago. So if you look at Tyree Crump, got his second career start, and then Pop Jada, who give me points he scored all year long coming into the Saturday night's game. I'd probably say two. Zero. Okay, that's close. Zero. You're close. You're very close. Zero points. He's essentially been a fixture on the bench all season long. All season long. Tyree Crump, for the better part of the season, has been a fixture on the bench as well. He might get a minute or two here and there, but he he's become very, very close friends with the bench, along with Pop Jada. Those guys have been riding the bench all year long, all right? Well, we hit nine three-point baskets on the road against Mississippi State. Actually, we shot, that was the second best night of the year that we've had from distance, at least from a percentage standpoint. We shot 43% from distance in that game. And I think a big part of that was the fact that Crump and Jada actually saw some playing time. Seven of the nine three-point baskets that we hit against Mississippi State came from those two guys who have been riding the bench essentially all season long. Seven of the nine threes that we hit. And, and this is a team that struggles to consistently shoot it from distance and compliment Yante uh, uh, Mayton, who's potentially the player of the year in the league. So a team that had, that cannot shoot the ball consistently has got has had guys almost all year long on the bench that at least for one night showed they can shoot the basketball. So what does that tell you, Kurt? I think there's two ways to look at this. Either A, you give Mark Fox credit for being flexible and digging deep into his bench to try to find answers to get this team going. I mean, that's one way to look at it. Or B, you view it as yet another example of Mark Fox's questionable personal decisions. You question you question why these guys have been riding the bench all season. Which way do you lean on that? I lean towards the questioning because last year when Deonta played, I mean, he, he it's not like he's a lights out three point shooter, but he at least gives you a better threat of making some shots than you see you've seen from other guys, especially like when you have Woolridge and people like that. And yes, no when Torian Woolridge is playing as much as he's been playing this year, and Pop Jada can't get in the game. Are you kidding me? Seriously? And that's what I say. I mean, and Deonta is a pretty he's a pretty good defender. I mean, he, he it's not like he's he's, he's not as long as Woolridge, but he still defends fairly well. Yeah, and he's been around. I mean, that's what I'm just saying. I don't get it. And Crump, I mean, we said Crump. He still has his struggles defensively, but he seems to be getting better. And he's he's only going to get better on that end of the court by playing, okay? He's a young guy who's only going to get better as a defender by playing. For most of the season, you're giving him a minute or two of playing time. And so the guy he was coming in basically like a, like, like a minute before the, 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 the TV timeout just so we could get our stars a little bit of an extra rest, a breather. And when the TV timeout came, he's back on the bench. That's all That's all we were using for, for most of the season. But uh, 
yes, I agree with you. His defense, he, and we were talking about this at the Florida game. He, he He's not a great defender right now. He's not, okay? That, he's somewhat of a liability there. That, but he, he he does play hard at the defensive end, and he's only going to get better if you give him time out there on the court, all right? he, he You can see him working out there. He's not great at it right now, but he's working. And But I will, I've said it all year long. I would sacrifice some defense with him on the court because we have four other guys that play defense very well night in, night out. And we have so much trouble scoring and shooting from distance. I would sacrifice just a little bit of defense for what Crump gives us offensively, being able to drain shots from from distance. Uh, and, and he played 31 minutes. He played 31 minutes uh, against Mississippi State. Again, hit three three pointers. Uh, him and this is this is another stat I got for you. Crump and Jada. All right. After riding the bench almost all season long against Mississippi State on Saturday night, they they they, they combined for 25 points which is 44% of the points we scored in that game. Those two guys who have been riding the bench all season long. I mean, Crump, coming into the last two games against Florida and Mississippi State, where he's played a little bit more, through the rest of the SEC slate, the guys average five minutes a game. And then all of a sudden he plays 31 minutes? I just Here we are, again, midway through the SEC schedule, and we do not understand what we want to do with our, with our lineups. We have no idea how we want to use our personnel. We're still tinkering our lives. This is what teams do in November and December. Here we are in February still trying to figure out who's going to play in any given game. We have no clue. I mean, seriously, what other team have you watched? I mean, I watch a ton of college basketball during, during the season. What other teams do you see at this point in the season still tinkering their lineups this dramatically from one game to the next? Not at this point in the season. You don't see anybody. You see this happen again. November and December, that's the time for doing all this stuff. Playing a lot of guys, figuring out your lineups and your rotations. We are doing it in February. I, I cannot understand this. I just, I don't. I mean, on one hand, I do want to give Fox credit for saying, okay, what we're doing right now is not working, so let's try to figure out what is working. But how can it be February and we don't know what our best lineup is? How can that be? I just, it drives me crazy, man. It absolutely drives me crazy. All right, let's talk about the offense here for a second. It was bad as usual. We shot 40% from the field, which is about what we do. Uh, did, you know, it was, like I said, our second-best night of the year from three-point land. Shot 43%. big part of that was two guys that hadn't been playing much all year. Uh, but, I mean, was there anything you saw offensively outside of, of, of Jada and Crump knocking down threes that might give you any hope for the, for the rest of the conference slate here? No, not at all. I mean, Yante again only had 13 points, wasn't his normal self. But I don't know much you can you can blame on him. Turtle dropped back; to, he kind of reverted back to what he's been doing: five points, two of nine shooting. Juwan Parker just he didn't have it. Um, no one had it really. So it was just a scoring a five minute scoring drop to end uh, the first half. Just but that's that doesn't that kind of stuff doesn't surprise me. What killed me again was like what you said at the outset: the two pillars of this team, defense and rebounding completely failed us in this game. Did not give us a chance to be in it whatsoever. And this and that's that kind of shows you how bad we are offensively, number one, because then our defense doesn't play well. We have no chance to even remotely be in the game. Like we're down double digits, 33 to 40 minutes in this game. When our defense plays well, we can kind of overcome some of the offensive ineptitude. Uh, but when your defense plays like that and we get out-rebounded by a team that doesn't really play bigs very much at all by, by 17 boards, just it's a recipe for a blowout. And that's exactly what it was Saturday night. All right, Kurt, we've been doing this for the past couple shows, so we'll do it again here. What did this game do for our tournament chances? Like I said, Joe Lenardi had us as uh, had Missouri as the first team out, had us as the second team out coming into the game, and said early Saturday afternoon that he would put us in the tournament, put us in the field with a victory on the road over Mississippi State. 
So with this loss, how much does that hurt our tournament chances? I think it hurts us just the fact that we weren't even competitive. Absolutely. I mean, we we weren't. But I don't know. Like, does this does this game knock us out of the of, it of the knock conversation? Us out, but it's one of these games that people look at and they're like, I mean, uh, it's a true road test, and we could, and, and that's and we've yet we still got to go to Florida. I think you said we still have to go to Alabama. No, we, no mean, Alabama. We have, to go to, we have to go to Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Florida. So I mean, and that's the thing. We've got to be competitive in these road games to get a chance. Yeah, we're two and six in true road games on the year. We got a big win at Marquette, which is great. Got the one point. Win on the road, last second win there against LSU, uh, which was hey, you know, had to have it. But you know we can't. This okay. One thing I want. Okay, this game was ugly, and it's very. It was another very very frustrating effort to watch. It was very frustrating, especially considering I, I don't think, like you said, I don't think we played very hard at all, which is it's kind of abnormal for this team. But losing to Mississippi State, who's a solid team, they're they're I think they're I look like 63, 64 in the RPI, depending on what RPI service you're looking at or what service you look at that, that gives that produces RPI numbers. So they're not a bad, they're not a great team. They're not in the tournament right now, but they're on the periphery of the bubble, uh, kind of like in the, the next four out kind of conversation, somewhere around there. They had a really poor non-conference. Like they just didn't really play anyone in the non-conference. Uh, but they've, they've had a solid uh, conference uh, performance to date. Not great, but kind of better than us, to be honest. Uh, so this is a, not a killer for our tournament chances. What would be a killer is if we lose Wednesday night at Vanderbilt, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a team in the 120s in the RPI. They're an eight-win team. Now, Vanderbilt's a, that's a house of, that's been a house of horrors for us traditionally over the past decade or so. Just a weird setup there with the, with the uh, benches on the ends of the court. Just very odd. Just kind of a weird kind of cavernous feel to Memorial Coliseum there in Nashville. Um, so if we lose that game... Um, I don't. I don't see us making the tournament. I, I will like downgrade my tournament uh, percentages tremendously if we lose at Vanderbilt. I mean, I still don't know if that would completely one thousand percent knock us out, but it would be a devastating blow to any hopes we have whatsoever. So, I don't think this kills us. It, it doesn't help us clearly. I don't think. I don't think it's a debilitating blow whatsoever. I think if we win at Vanderbilt and we follow it up with a big home victory against Auburn next Saturday, then we're right back in the conversation now. How much hope do you have us in knocking off Auburn next weekend? That's the question, right? I don't know. So, uh, I think we still have a shot. I'm gonna downgrade my. Pers- I had it at 25 percent after the Florida game. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna downgrade it slightly to about 15 percent because I still think we have opportunities on the schedule. We got Florida on the road, uh, who is a vulnerable team right now. We've already beat them once. Maybe we can find a way to sneak out a win there. It's gonna still be a an uphill climb, but we've got a shot. Got Auburn and a big matchup next Saturday. Also get another got two more shots against Tennessee. Got A and M coming to town late in the season as well. Got to win. Uh, got to beat LSU at home later on down the stretch as well. So I don't think we're completely out of it, but this game really didn't help matters. Cannot lose uh, this week to, to Vanderbilt on Wednesday night. Got to find a way to win that one and try to dig deep and find a way to beat Auburn on Saturday. But uh, all right, Craig, got anything else for this game in? Nope, not at this point. All right, well, that does it for us here today on the Glory UGA Podcast. Guys, we definitely appreciate each and every one of you taking time out of your day to listen to the show. Uh, we'll be back again on Thursday for some football talk, kind of recapping our close of the 2018 recruiting cycle here. So definitely make sure to check in for that. No Friday football show, we're moving up to Thursday, and then we'll have a recap of the Vanderbilt game. Uh, probably that, that, that show will probably be up on Friday. So, Again, thanks for listening, guys. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. As always, go dogs.